You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Every single day, we need to connect with our spouse to make sure, did I do anything today that hurt your heart, that felt like I wasn't your advocate? Just keeping really short accounts with each other. Um, And then when we do that, we don't find ourselves in this abyss of pain and loneliness. That's really key to uh, having a strong marriage. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Hey, Lori. Welcome. Thank you. We are so honored to have you with us today. And um, you have been someone who's poured into my life for the past six years or so. since. privilege. Aw, since I've been here at um, our office, and Lori is a colleague of ours and a dear friend. So thank yes. you for being with us. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. It's a pleasure. So Lori um, earned a bachelor's degree in psychology from Azusa Pacific and a master's degree in counseling psychology from National University. And um, I love how you integrate your spiritual walk into the work that you do with clients and specifically with couples. Um, And you also are involved in ministry, you and your husband. Um, Share with our audience a little bit about what you do with your husband, JD, in terms of um, your ministry abroad. Okay. Um, Abroad and in the U.S. Yeah. We've been able to start several churches, and right now my husband is leading a network of uh, that cares for church planters mm-hmm. and helps start uh, churches. So caring for them, I specific specifically am very involved in um, something called a discovery center. Yeah, which tell us about, about that. That's so cool. It, it's a multiple day event that we do in different places across the U.S. Um, and in some other countries to help um, church planters find out what is their next best step in ministry. Mm. So, and help launch them. So, yeah, that's, that's really fun. And you provide in those discovery centers, you provide support for their mental health and other spiritual needs that they have to make sure they're they're kind of equipped for ministry. Correct. Make sure, and I, I like that you brought that up because it's 
there is a ministry side of it, but there really is a protective marriage side to it because mm-hmm. you guys know in ministry that it's so easy to get caught up in doing things that other people expect or want, sure. and it's easy to neglect or overlook our marriages. And so mm-hmm. that's part of my role there, just yeah. to be an advocate for the couples as who they are and not just what they can do for God's kingdom. So neat. I love that. So, uh, Lori, how long have you been a marriage and family therapist? Just over 10 years. Nice. So um, I went back to school after my kids were a little bit uh, older. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And you have how many kids? Four kids, four adult kids, and <laughs> almost 11 grandkids coming yeah, in the Lori. next couple of weeks. So it seems like fun. every few months I hear that an, another grandkid <laughs> is coming. <laughs> it feels like it. No, yeah. I'm definitely very blessed there. Yes. And several of your children are in ministry as well mm-hmm. around the world. Yep. 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 It's, yeah. It's um, from John 3, Paul says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Mm-hmm. And that is like so core to who I am. That mm. is like, um, that's really close to my heart. Ah, that's awesome. One thing I've always loved about you, Lori, is that even though you are so wise and educated mm-hmm. and clinically um, equipped, you have always been so humble. And I've appreciated that about mm-hmm. you. Just, it's well, been thank you. A, a good, you've been a good role model for me in, in my career. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so, Lori, you work with so many different couples. You know, mm-hmm. from, I'm sure like... You have every demographic, and um, but today we're focusing a lot on marriage and broken trust. Of of the couples that you see, how many do you think are working on broken trust, like working through that? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Um, if if I saw that on a scale and not just do I trust you and not trust you, but the continuum of it, mm. I would say um, 90% yeah. because um, I think that just shows itself in so many ways. Right. And the trick is attending to that before it goes viral, before it takes over and destroys mm. what is very precious to us. I love that. I, I like how you you broadened it too, because yeah. you know I was asking the question like, okay, broken trust, mm-hmm. infidelity, mm-hmm. Um, or pornography or something of that nature, but mm-hmm. you kind of broadened it to, well, broken trust can happen without those big. Absolutely. Can you speak to that a little? Um, yeah, I think that every single day. We need to connect with our spouse to make sure, did I do anything today that hurt your heart, Mm. Um, that felt like I wasn't your advocate, Um, just keeping really short accounts with each other. Um, And then when we do that, we don't find ourselves in this abyss Mm. of pain and loneliness and yeah, yeah. So I I think that that's really key to uh, having a strong marriage. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, you know, when you think about trust on a continuum and how there are all sorts of broken trust or your couples who are working on building that trust, um, 
on the maybe on the one end of the continuum you might have infidelity or an affair mm -hmm. but can you speak a little bit about the other kinds of broken trust that you see when you're working with couples yes now with this age of technology people's preoccupation with their phone mm -hmm. i think that's a broken level of trust I think people turn to their phone for connection with people, whether it's on social media or whether it's just diving into um, numbing out with getting more and more and more and more information. Um, I think that that is so subtle that the enemy loves to drive in that little wedge that says you don't need to talk to that person about that thing that happened, you can just self-soothe in this other way. Yeah. Wow. Which leads to disconnection. Totally. Yeah. And so even though the phone is a gateway to a lot of other things that could break trust, just simply the preoccupation with technology can break trust in and yeah. of itself. Yeah. If we're not intentional. Hey friends, we'll be right back to our interview, but one quick note. If you love what you're listening to, you might also enjoy going through our card decks that we designed to help couples stay connected and in each other's world. So there's Foundations, which is our starter deck, and it's all about boosting your communication skills. And then there's Sexpectations, which is all about spicing up your intimate connection. And then there's Realizations, which is a deck for all couples, but especially dating or engaged couples who wanna see how well they really know each other. So grab a deck or two, or three, by heading over to our website, dearyoungmarriedcouple.com slash cards. All right, back to the show. I like how you brought up the, the point of self-soothing. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Um, if I'm feeling lonely or insecure or bored or overwhelmed or sad or hurt or angry, I can turn to food's always a good one, yeah. but or I can also turn to my phone because it's always, most of the time it's available and I can find something that brings up my spirit or kind of numbs me out and then I don't have to deal with some things that are harder. Because yeah. I think a lot of us turn to self-soothing, mm -hmm. we wouldn't call it that, mm. but we would do that right. um, with our phones or with uh, food, like you say. Mm -hmm. um, what's... What are some healthy ways? I mean, a marriage is so dynamic. You know, we're it's always changing and we're all, it's crazy. Sometimes we do need that downtime. Mm -hmm. need to find, but when you also need to find that balance between downtime and self-soothing of like, I just got an argument. I don't completely agree. Maybe we need to work it out. But instead, I'm just going to sit down on, on the couch and... And, and bury and myself. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. How could, how can a, a couple kind of unbury themselves from doing that sort of thing or mm. flip the switch? Like how, how do they begin changing that aspect and right. that tendency in their marriage? Right. I like being, I think it's so important to be intentional about it because the truth is that the phone in and of itself isn't, well, you can find things that are destructive, but um, I think it's if we are intentional to connect then we can, you know, enjoy some good food or, or numb out with uh, TV or learning or social media. But if we're ignoring our relationship, that's when it gets dangerous. Mm -hmm. But if I have time set aside to connect with my husband every day, 
then I think in balance, that's that can still be a good thing. Yeah. So just being intentional of connecting. So say you have a couple mm-hmm. that has been on that that downward track mm-hmm. for years, right? Mm-hmm. They've, they've gotten to the habit of when they don't agree or the tension is up, they immediately whip out their phones. And, mm-hmm. and so this has been the, this has been the, That's what's the happened. Routine. Yes. So how do you, you know, when the couple is sitting on the couch across from you in your mm-hmm. office, mm-hmm. what do you start, you know, what do you try to pull out of them? Where do you go in the conversation mm-hmm. to help them see what's going on and help them kind of yeah. get out of that? Well, and this is auditory and not visual, but if you were sitting here with us right now, um, often I put my hands up and um, just palms facing each other with the fingers up and my hands open and say, this is you, husband, this is you, wife. And the palms are facing towards each other. And um, then I ask them, what does it feel like you're doing now in this place? Are you turning towards each other, moving towards each other, or turning away and distracting and leaving the other person? And both people can do that, or one person can do that, but I think it's really important that they recognize what they are doing, because it's not just a neutral. I think people think that they can just go into this neutral zone and like, okay, I don't like that, um, or I hate that, but I'm just going to like stay in this neutral zone. Um, but I don't think that's really true. I think that there's not a neutral zone. I think you're either moving towards each other or you're moving away from each other. And when we turn to self-soothing or going outside of the marriage um, to get some needs met, then you're actually moving away from the other person, even though in your brain you might tell yourself that you're just staying there but I don't really think that's happening. Yeah, that's good. It made me think of um, the kind of stereotypical story of how an affair does begin. Mm -hmm. And it's when people think they're being neutral Mm -hmm. in terms of trust and they're at work talking to a friend about just the woes of their day, not even the woes of their marriage yet, Mm -hmm. but just talking with a coworker about, you know, just, intimate stuff about their emotions and and their ups and downs. Um, Would you say that a lot of the affairs you see in your office Mm -hmm. start that way? Yes. I don't, I, I think it's pretty rare. I'd say very rare for people to say, I'm unhappy in my marriage, so I'm going to pursue this it'll just be an emotional affair. I don't think people do that intentionally. I think they slide into it sideways and the enemy can blind our eyes to see that, wow, you just crossed this line, this barrier. And I think it should be, I think it should feel like, like an an electric fence. Like you touch it, like, oh, dang, Mm -hmm. that hurts. I don't want to do that ever again. Um, But it's not that way. It actually feels good and it can feel like it's not a problem until it gets bigger and bigger. But yes, when we start um, sharing intimate details with somebody else about our marriage, ooh, big time warning. Um, I had this client um, within the last months, um, and I was so sad for him because he really thought it was fine what he was doing, and it 
wasn't dangerous. And um, <laughs> he is a believer. <laughs> and I said, how, how come you don't know that this is like so dangerous? Like who, who hasn't been praying for you? Who, who hasn't been like modeling for you? Whoa, that is dangerous. That is poison. That is toxic. Don't do that. And he just thought it was fine to do that. I was really sad for him. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then him finding himself in a place like quicksand, like how can he get out of that? And he didn't even know that it was dangerous. And that's very dangerous. And I think that's one thing that we can do definitely in here, um, but also within our friends, just modeling, you know, because what we see on TV, that's safe and it's normal. And everybody, you know, at the end of the hour or whatever, everybody's happy until the next session again or not. Um, but anyway, that was really, that was really sad for me. What are the excuses that you hear when they're in denial? Mm -hmm. What are, what, what do people mm -hmm. say? Like, mm -hmm. oh, it's, mm -hmm. we're just friends. Yeah, or, what, exactly. What so many, uh, a lot kind of trash talking their spouse or saying, well, this person hasn't been available to me for so long. Um, and I think it just slides into that too. It's so like defensiveness, like defensiveness, justifying. Yeah. And I think that people want to be good friends. And so I think that's often how it starts. Like, wow, you're a really good listener and you do understand what it feels like. And so I can tell you more and more and more of my story and it feels good that you understand it. And you're not, I mean, it makes sense that I'd be hurt that she did that or he did that. And um, I think it starts off in this little way that just grows and like sucks life out of the marriage. Are there any specific boundaries that you work with a couple that you share with a couple when you're working mm -hmm. with them on how to let this uh how to not let this happen again mm -hmm. where you're like let's put you know specific boundaries in place we don't cross these lines mm -hmm. um one there, there's usually three that i talk about um one is sharing personal details about your spouse okay. um other people don't need to know when my husband snores or when I snore or, or when he's done something that ticks me off. Um, I should not be sharing that with another man. I need to be telling him about it and working on it with him. Um, secondly, when I, um, am preoccupied with somebody, even, you, you know, this world, but there's been several times when, oh, this client's coming in today. I'm going to make sure that I'm looking my best. Um, it's like, whoa, what's that about? And that, that just, I think that's a regular part of life that I need to be very aware of. Sure. Um, and then keeping any kind of secrets. Mm -hmm. I need to be um, keeping really short accounts. So here's a situation that happened just this week with me. Um, my husband's a pretty high level leader in some circles. And um, so he cares for pastors and their wives and um, she won't be hearing this. So um, one, one of these pastor's wives was trying to honor my husband and um, she was asking a lot of 
questions like, well, what's his favorite drink and what's his favorite food and what's a gift that I can get him and what's love language. And it's like, oh my goodness. So I, and he, he travels some, so he was going out there and I wasn't going to be with him. Um, and she's a sweetheart. Sure. She is a sweetheart. I needed to look inside myself. Ooh, this doesn't feel right. This feels like, um, actually my first inclination is she's overstepping a boundary in which she might be or might not be. But for me, I was feeling insecure. And so I needed to talk to him about that. I talked to him on the phone the other night. said, when you get home, we need to, we need to talk about something. Um, but actually just this morning, just, I needed to keep short accounts, let him know I'm feeling a little insecure. Um, yeah, that's so good. The open communication about yeah. it, regardless of who's in the wrong or who overstepped the boundary mm -hmm. or who's overthinking it. It doesn't doesn't matter at mm -hmm. that moment. What matters mm -hmm. is that you're having open communication right. with your spouse. I like right. the the term you're using, short accounts. Yeah, meaning that you don't go a long time without checking in. Right. Mm -hmm. And I loved how you you said I'm feeling insecure. Like. You're owning your emotions. So many yeah. times we hold in really what we're thinking and what mm -hmm. we're worrying about. Yeah. And we lead with other things that have nothing to do with really what's on our mind. Right. And we try to get there like passive aggressively. Mm. I mean, I'm sure you've seen yeah. this a couple of times. Yeah. Where we try to get to talk about everything or, you know, find fault maybe with other things. Mm -hmm. But really what's bugging us is I'm feeling insecure here mm -hmm. and I need to talk to you about this. Yes. Yeah. And so we did, we did talk about that because he was like telling me why and that mm -hmm. he agreed and I said, you know, really what I need is I need to know that if you're going to give her a hug, you're going to give me nine more <laughs> hugs. You know, if you're going to be listening to her, you need to let me know that I actually, I want him be the one to um, him to be the one to bring bring up. Oh, I saw this person, or they contacted me, or mm -hmm. she asked for his address. She's gonna send him a card. <laughs> I was like, okay, I need you to, you know, show me it. Yeah, um, yeah. Just so my heart doesn't start uh, making up things. One thing I want to draw out here that's so important. I think the reality of of what we're the broken trust. Mm -hmm is so real because we see it so much. Mm -hmm. And I think most people that are in church or whatever, they don't, we, we cover it up. We don't talk about it, but since we're, we're around it so much, we do talk about it. We're, and we're aware of how easily it happens. Mm -hmm. And even though you guys have a fantastic mm -hmm. relationship and, and it's evident by what you guys do and anyone who knows you knows that, but even though, you don't let your guard down and your husband doesn't let his guard down. Right. Mm -hmm. Even though you guys travel all over the world and you're, you're away from each other at times, mm -hmm. there's this clear communication and understanding of, we know the dangers yeah. we're humans yeah. and we're all trying for that perfection and have a, a good relationship. Which is so good. I love how you spoke vulnerably about how, you know, you're, you're not thinking that um, you're immune to, no, 
trust issues just because of where you are in your ministry or your career. And that's good for our listeners because so many of our listeners are actively involved in ministry and, you know, strong believers. And they, they might think like, oh, that would never happen to me. But just to be aware of those small things, like you said, keeping short accounts and, you know, if someone's going to be in a position that could be good, um, you know, but it's it's sounding like evil, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to let our good be evil spoken of. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, making sure that you're taking extra precaution to communicate with your spouse when there's a situation that could seem compromising. Right. And what makes sense to me about that, Carissa, is if we're keeping short accounts all the time, the accounts, the, the hurts don't or in the fear they don't get gigantic before we're talking about them so i can't remember feeling this way um actually for probably a decade but i did feel it the other day and so first i i was talking to some friends about it it's like whoa if i'm talking to them about it i definitely need to talk to my husband about it yep and so um yeah just being aware that that's out there, not not just clients, but me too. I need to be very aware of guarding my heart and guarding our marriage. Totally. Um, so kind of switching gears a little bit, uh, we work with a lot of Christian couples and a lot of our listeners are Christian. And I know you work with a lot of Christian couples. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, primary arguments that we see when someone comes in after a breach in trust, especially when it's escalated to a sexual affair, is you know, they'll come in and say, well, I have every right to leave them because biblically speaking, um, you know, they've, they've crossed that line. And so I I can leave. So I'm on my way out. This is just a last ditch effort to make sure, you know, we're co-parenting well. Um, When that happens, because I'm sure you get the same approach coming into your office, when that happens, um, do you, how, how do you, how do you approach that? How do you respond in, the direction that you're going to take them in your work together. Yeah. So I agree with you that often they're coming in just to check a box to tell people that they've done marriage therapy and it failed. Um, I think it's so important that usually at my first session with clients, I start this, but clarifying what the win is for them. Um, they need to find, figure out what their finish line is. Um, and if justice is their finish line, then yeah, you should leave. If, um, getting even or being fair is their finish line, then yep, you, you have every reason to win, to leave. Um, if, if they're believers, if remembering who they are, in Christ and that God has forgiven us and he commands us to forgive each other, it's a different story. So um, I think it's so important that um, couples from the very start determine what their finish line is Mm -hmm. because, and even one of the questions that I ask, um, I usually meet them together and then individually for five or 10 minutes and then back together. And during that individual time, I point out, point, uh, ask them, um, are you interested in making this work? Are you talking to anybody else? And um, I, I think twice somebody came back later and said, you know, 
several weeks ago when you asked me, I actually lied there because I am. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. That's why this isn't working because you're trying to keep one foot here and one foot here and those don't mesh. Mm -hmm. So identifying what the win is, um, hopefully it's honoring God. Hopefully it's honoring each other, especially if there are kids involved. Hopefully it's protecting their hearts. Um, But I think it's so important just to clarify what is the win. One of the things that you said, and it brings me to a question, are there other uh, stipulations for moving forward inside of of your counseling? Mm -hmm. The one I heard there was, you can't be talking to the other person and expect it to work. Mm-hmm. Are there a, a, any other things that you look for to mm-hmm. kind of vet, like, okay, we can work toward healing this, right? but first we need to right. Absolutely. take these steps. What are the other ones that you kind of look? Um, willing to be honest. Mm. Willing to be accountable. So I think uh, accountability. Yeah, accountability, absolutely um, finding people outside of the outside of the family but outside of the couple um, who the wandering spouse can meet with on a weekly basis to be straight up honest um, whether it's pastors or whether it's somebody in a small like life group or whether it's um, just somebody hopefully somebody who knows Jesus um, but somebody who can ask the hard questions. So sometimes it's, uh, we think that we can do that with our spouse, but it's pretty hard if we're the one who's trying to fight shame or, um, yeah. So uh, being willing to be honest and um, answer questions. Um, Usually the person who has broken the trust feels a sense of relief that, okay, now it's out. Now I can start relaxing and not um, being so anxious about that. But the other person is just starting their road to recovery if they decide to do that. And so the timing for um, healing, they're on a different different wavelength there. Um, so they really need to be committed to connect with each other and answer the hard questions and, um, yeah. Along with that, and I'm sure you guys have heard of this, but it's crazy how you can stalk each other. It, like, the things that are, like, fun for other people, like, find my friend, like, yeah, will you do that with me? It's like, no, because the way I hear that most of the time is couples doing that, trying to catch their spouse and um, when when spouses are collecting straws to break the camel's back, when they're, when they're looking for that, they're going to find that. Wow. Yeah. Um, even if it takes you longer and longer and longer, you will find that. And so that determination that I'm going to be fighting for our marriage, they need to come in with that um, determination. Otherwise, it's too hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is too hard. One of the things I often see... Um, when I have some, uh, a couple in the office, um, is this uh, this idea from the spouse who's been the trust has been broken? Mm-hmm. They're th- they they say that um, I think everybody that knows will see me as weak if I stay. Mm-hmm. Like you know, 
I, I'm staying with the cheater mm-hmm. and I'm just, I, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. I, I see myself in a smaller light. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like myself because I'm staying with this person, mm-hmm. even though they want to, mm-hmm. they see themselves. Like, I think that, what would you have to say to someone like that? that, would yeah. say that? I think that's such a good um, question. Um, we really need to decide what our win is. And if our decide is to be if our if our decision is to be popular or to win over the most votes from our friends and family, you know, are you on my side or are you on their side? Um, I think that's the wrong question. If we have predetermined that our desire is to honor God, and let me even throw this in, and we've been married almost for thirty eight years, and. For so long, I would think that while we're doing ministry together and um, doing life together, in my win, it's just pleasing my husband and, you know, keeping my relationship with God is kind of second. But it has got to be God first. I There's too many people who are leaving, you know, you do life together, but then one leaves and goes to heaven first, and then the other person is alone, and we still need to know what that win is. And so... Um, yeah, just knowing that my desire is to um, honor God. That is what we need to do. So let's say you have a couple that comes into your office and they have had uh, some broken trust, um, maybe an emotional affair or a sexual affair, and they're at the point where they're, they're separated you know, maybe one of them went and got an apartment and um, they're in your office saying, we both want to work on it, but we just don't know where to start. How do you start with them, you know, in terms of how long the separation lasts and then rebuilding the trust and rebuilding their relationship? I I think the biggest thing, I'm, I'm repeating this, but um, is having them each determine what they want. Um, because if they're both not giving their all, it's not going to work. It's yeah. too hard. Um, so after that, um, setting up accountability, um, setting aside time, time, money um, for counseling, mm-hmm. whether it's with a professional or with a pastor, um, hopefully somebody who has a lot of experience with that. Um, I... Um, keeping short accounts with each other, being willing to um, finish the or close the other relationship, um, being willing to even quit a job if somebody is uh, at the job that they cannot avoid. Um, yeah, but really being all in. Um, yeah, there, there's there's multiple steps to that, but just being willing to rebuild the trust. I think um, one of the things is um, allowing the person who was betrayed to ask questions and um, answering it fully, putting the um, pressure on the person asking, do you really want to know that? Because if you ask that question, and if I tell you the answer, you might have a visual or you might have something that is going to hurt you. But if you really do want to know that, then I will tell you. Um, it can be uh, writing a letter to the 
third party. Um, not, hi, how are you? But just a cut and dry letter. I was wrong. I'm going to be spending more time on my family. Um, please do not contact me again. None. I hope you have a good, you know, good trip or good weekend or whatever. No niceties. No niceties. Just yeah. straight to the point. And even going so far as letting the um, spouse see that letter and um, if it's going to be mailed, putting it in the mailbox together um, or sending the text and um, just there being a finality as of this date. Usually people slide into this relationship, but as of this date, it is no longer, we're no longer connected. That's good. So, I like that. That's a very practical step. Mm -hmm. If they are separated when they come to you, uh, living apart, mm -hmm. but they both express, we're in, we want to work on this. Mm -hmm. Do you, how do you recommend that they move forward from the separation? Um, they need to have some parameters in place. And I like determining a certain amount of time. Usually I'd say six months okay. that um, I recommend that they each catch their own balance, hopefully with God, remembering who they are and their identity. Um, and then them coming to counseling. And not at the at the end of six months, they might not be madly in love with each other, but that would be a time to reevaluate and say, do we need to call it quits or can we move forward? Okay. And um, usually couples can see that. Like, well, I might not be able to decide at that time because it's never – the place that they were as a married couple is no longer there. Mm -hmm. There is – the trust is broken. It is shattered. And so it needs to be rebuilt and it can be – either less uh, committed of a relationship or more committed where they're meeting more of their needs. Mm -hmm. So I'm That's sure you've, you've seen that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So why spend all the time and energy though mm -hmm. on your marriage if it's not going to be committed? Because it seems like mm -hmm. everyone wants trust. Everybody wants commitment. Everybody wants to be accepted and mm -hmm. have that dynamic relationship. You know, the mm -hmm. things that you get in a relationship mm – -hmm. But if you're not all in, right. you're missing a huge part of life. Right. And so the thing that makes sense to me about that, Adam, why people do that is because their spouse has not been meeting their need for so long and they don't think that they can. And so when they think about working on their marriage, they're, they're saying, okay, I'm going to let go of this. Okay. It's, it's like a fantasy with this other person who's meeting all of my needs to go back to having none of my needs met. And I don't know if I can do that. Mm. Mm. And so I think we really need to be, um, first we need to know what are our values. And then we need to ask ourselves, are we willing to do the hard work? Cause it mm. is stinking hard work. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And part of that getting your needs met, I think we kind of tag into what you said earlier about, keeping short accounts. Is that right? Mm -hmm. How do you go about helping a couple f from where they were, their needs aren't being met mm -hmm. to actually, you know, starting to bring that out? Is that, that's probably where a lot of the time in, in couples counseling is spent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I recommend a resource? Please. Um, Torn Asunder, 
mm-hmm. by um, David Carter, I believe. Um, I like his book, and I think there's a workbook that goes with it. Um, best case scenario, you'd be working through that with a professional um, or somebody outside of your little duo um, to add balance and perspective. But um, having something very concrete, like how can we progress on getting to be our real selves again? So speaking of books, mm-hmm. I'm a book lover. Okay. Um, what what book have you read recently that um, that you enjoy or maybe some of your couples have enjoyed regarding marriage? Maybe not. doesn't have to pertain to broken trust, but mm-hmm. in marriage in general, do you have any books that you can advise? Yeah. Um, one book, and I've read this years ago, but it's still very, very powerful. It's by Dr. Sue Johnson, Hold Me Tight. Mm. And she has seven conversations for connection. And it's a book that you can um, benefit from whether you're in a really terrible place or whether your relationship is in a good place. It um, helps you stay connected with each other and um, just having a secure attachment so you it's like you two against the world and um just a safe haven very good so that's and you do eft yes yeah emotionally focused couples therapy very good that's a really great approach created by sue johnson right yeah so sue johnson and you're probably familiar with this book actually came out with another book last year uh for christian couples created for connection and it was uh co-authored by uh, Sue Johnson and Sanderfer, I think, uh, something yeah, like that. I forget. Yeah, yeah, but a good one as well, and it With the integrates Christian's perspective, scripture, absolutely. Yeah. Any other uh, resources, books, or resources in general? Mm, there's one. This is just a little tip. So this is uh, Dr. Roger Cherbasi. He's a, I think, a family pastor in Southern California. And he's also a counselor, but he has the five A's. Have you heard of those? So um, sometimes I forget. Actually, I wrote them down because I thought I would forget them. Okay. Did I? Oh, nope. Um, the, and this is like a little, um, he recommends connecting every day. Um, the first one is um, affirmation, um, telling each other what you liked about something that day. Um, the second one is affection, and these are maybe a little bit in order, but um, affection, like giving each other, he recommends like a, um, I guess it's Gottman who talks about a six-second kiss. Mm-hmm. Like let the let the biochemistry work along with that, get some of that going. Um, so um, thirdly, asking, you know, is there anything that I can help you with tomorrow, anything you'd like me to do. Um, The next one being um, apology. Did I do anything today that didn't feel good to you, that felt too controlling or too distant or too anything? Like asking each of you, asking that question with each other. And the last A stands for amen, praying for each other. Um, And doing that together. In fact, couples sometimes have trouble praying for each other. But if you can say, how do you want me to pray for you? And then like do it right then. It's like really easy and safe and really, really uh, good for the bond. What a great checklist. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Roger Cherbasi, yeah, his five A's. Okay. 
such a good checklist because I mean, ta- in my mind, I was going to Gottman because mm-hmm. it, it hits a lot of those mm-hmm. of what Gottman says, not the amen part. Mm-hmm. But um, looking like the affirmations, looking for things that are going right, mm-hmm. go, um, giving the um, you know the love and mm-hmm. cherishing affection. affection. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. That's yeah, really good. That's good, huh? Well, the five A's will turn into an Instagram post. For okay, sure. okay. <laughs> Well, it's really been a privilege, um, Chris and Adam, just to see you guys serving others, um, making a difference for God's kingdom Mm. behind closed doors, um, in homes, um, and just across the country and across the world. So it's really a privilege to, um, I feel like we're partners in ministry, like um, for God's kingdom. So it's really a privilege. It's a privilege for me to do this um, recording with you. This isn't my favorite chair to sit in, but um, just uh, really excited for what God's been doing in you and through you, and my prayer is that he would continue to do that. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. So kind. Well, before we close with our Dear Young Married Couple letter, we wanted to ask our audience, uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please take 60 seconds or so and leave us a love note or a star rating on iTunes. Um, If you can share with us why you love it or even how it's helping you, that would mean a lot. We read every review and we take it to heart. Um, We are a new podcast, so your reviews make a big difference in helping us reach more couples. So thanks so much, friends. All right, Lori. So on to our Dear Young Married Couple letter. We want you to rewind to the first few years of your marriage. You've been married for uh, almost four decades and uh, ask you this question. What advice do you wish you would have received back then? So fill in the blank with a sentence or two or a few. Dear young married couple. Hmm. Dear young married couple. Remember that your identity comes from your creator. Hmm. Plug into him daily and keep short accounts with your husband so good very good thank you Lori. thank you so much yeah my privilege all right friends we really hope that today's conversation was beneficial for you if you're wanting some help some individual or couples counseling to help with broken trust in your marriage This is a very difficult problem to solve by yourself. We'd love to come alongside you and help you through this process. Just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward healing. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dearyoungmarriedcouple. And we'd love for you to join us there in conversation. All right. See you next week. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.